You are listening to the Power and Pros Podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for Black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Pros is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Pros Podcast. Get into it. I am super excited about this episode because I have one of my best friends on y'all. I have not had a person on the show yet that I am like intimately, I talk to every day. Like I've had people, every person I've had on the show, I have some type of relationship with, but who I have as a guest today, I'll talk to this girl every day. <laughs> I like love her, met her in college and she hasn't been able to get rid of me since. And I'm super, super excited to have a combo with her publicly with you guys because I just think it's we just have very fruitful conversations. She inspires me a lot and I think she'll be able to provide a different perspective just on where her trajectory in life is going outside of me. And I always want you guys to get perspectives outside of me that can inspire you to stand in your power and own who you are. So I'm gonna read her bio and then we're gonna pop into it. For this episode, I am joined by the one and only Jasmine Ferguson. Jasmine is a passionate and purpose-driven community leader committed to revealing the unlocked potential of the next generation and empowering women and girls to lead. She credits her community and more specifically her Girl Scout leadership experience with influencing her personal and professional development at high school while still leaving an impact on her growth today. Jasmine believes it's her God-given purpose to embody the power of Sankova in her life, reaching back from our history as we move forward. For this reason, she continuously looks for opportunities to mentor and teach today's youth while giving back to organizations that helps her grow. As a well-sought-out speaker, Jasmine has presented to audiences ranging from school-aged children to established professionals in sizes of 10 to 10,000 since 2012. Google her, period. (laughs) A graduate of the University of Missouri with a Bachelor of Journalism and a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration, Jasmine began her career breaking into the tech industry as a solutions consultant at LinkedIn, the largest professional networking platform in the world. As a woman in tech, Jasmine empowers nonprofit organizations to uplift their missions through the power of LinkedIn's over 700 million plus member network. Starting in fall 2021, Jasmine will begin a new journey in her career as she begins her first year of law school at Notre Dame. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> I am so Happy to have you here. You know, you are my girl, my bestie, my line sister. And yeah, I'm just so, I'm so proud of you and everything that you're doing. And I just want to dive in, give people a little bit of what we talk about on the daily, but also just a different perspective on what power can mean. That's what I think our our episode is going to give the cool kids today. Love so it. I want to dive in talking about your fitness Instagram. So y'all, Jasmine has a fitness Instagram. It is not open to the public, but <laughs> it's inspiring to those who are in the gates. <laughs> and it's pretty much just dedicated to her physical and mental wellness journey. I want to say you've had it for a year, yeah? Yeah, I've had it for a, a year officially a few weeks ago. So yes. How exciting, girl. Listen, I have me a fitness Instagram it would be a little blank for a couple of months, but 
I guess what inspired you to start the process of taking your fitness, I guess, more seriously? And then not only that, but to share it with people. Yeah. So I think we all know when you go to college, we know that freshman 15, for me in college, it was like a a 50. <laughs> and so I had some situations in college where I just struggled with my mental health. And because of that, I spent a lot of time eating um, and not a lot of time in the gym. And so as I became an adult and realized that my body was changing, I wanted to, I got to a space where I wasn't really happy with where my body was and, and I needed to really focus on what health meant for me. And I tried a lot of times to do these different diets and um, tried to really focus on on fitness, but it was really hard. And I finally had to get to a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for me. And I started the fitness Instagram because I felt like it was a way to help me stay accountable because I kept it private and wanted to only invite like my closest friends to follow me. And that was really important for me to have a support on social media because sometimes I, the health and fitness thing for me is really, is really personal. And so I needed to make sure that I had people on there that um, were inspiring me and, and holding me accountable. And so even on those times where I wasn't as consistent with my working out, I was always determined because I knew that my friends were watching me and they were going to hold me accountable as well. So I've had it for about a year. I'm thinking about opening it up or if I'm going to continue to do it or if I'll just show my fitness on my regular page. But it at least has been great for me because throughout the last year, I actually ended up losing 20 pounds and, and just love where my body is right now. Love the relationship that I have food. So yes, it honestly has been inspiring for me. <laughs> I love that. And I want to pause for a second on the fact that you had it for a year. It was gated community. And now you're thinking, okay, do I need it to be gated community? Can I post on my regular page? And that to me speaks to the power that you gained in doing whatever you need to do at that time a year ago and what that looked like. So it's like, okay, am I going to make this up for Instagram for the 20 people, five people that I want to go with me on this journey. Yes. And I'm going to do it and I'm going to post. And then when I don't post, people are going to be like, yo, where are you at? And that is, that's power, right? I think sometimes when we think about power and pros, we think about people who are on stages or if you're doing these big showy things or posting just when you lose the 20 pounds and not, hey, y'all, I'm starting off on this journey. Come with me. But saying, hey, y'all, I'm starting on this journey, come with me. That is the power moment. That's the power move. Everything else after that is just you doing it over. It's a repetitive muscle that you're building. So I just love that you started it, that you chose some people to come with you. And now that you don't feel it has to be as small, that you are proud of the progress you've made. And if you open it up or just continuing, maybe even with the same community, it's inspiring people because you're going beyond. So. Yeah. Congrats. And I'm proud to continue to watch you grow and slim and trim. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so on that journey in the past year, you were actually getting ready for something. So recently you competed in the Miss Missouri USA pageant. And there were a lot of things that happened with that, right? So one, it was supposed to happen at an earlier time than when it really happened. But because of COVID got pushed back, it was broadcast 
even in the COVID landscape digitally. And then there was a swimsuit portion of the competition as well. So as you were going on your fitness journey, you know you were gearing up for this pageant. You knew that even if people weren't watching that you knew that your friends and family were going to be there tuning in and you're going to be wearing a swimsuit while you were trying to lose weight and dealing with all these things. So how was that journey gearing up for the pageant? How did you feel? What were the nerves? Like walk us through everything. It's not every day that people are like, I'm going to sign up to be in the Miss Missouri USA pageant. Yeah. So I have a little history with pageants and have competed in a few in the past and had always wanted to compete with a major system. So Miss America and then the Miss USA systems, which are nationally broadcast when you get to that national stage and had always wanted to do that, but kept putting it off because I was kind of like, you know, my body's not in the best shape. Um, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. And kept kept saying that for many, many years. And I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I can't just keep pushing this dream off. I just eventually have to do it. So I decided last year, actually a year ago, that I was going to compete. At that point, the pageant was supposed to be in November, um, but it got pushed back to May of the following year. But honestly, I think it was so beneficial to have that extra time because while it did help me kickstart my journey when it came to my health and fitness, I was also able to really build this as a new lifestyle. And so I wanted to make sure that what I was doing Mm. wasn't just specifically for the pageant, but was for me um, and what would make me feel good. And and it was anybody that knows me knows that I tend to be kind of modest when it comes to dressing. So it was very out of my comfort zone to be on stage in a swimsuit. But the reason I decided to compete in Miss USA is because I wanted to challenge myself and do that swimsuit portion. The last pageant I did had swimsuit, but at that point I was a freshman in college and it was had a cute little frame. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And now my body's a little different. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that one, I love my body the way it is. And I love the unique shape of my body, but I did want to make sure that I toned mm-hmm. my muscles and, and knew that I had gained a little more fat than than I had liked. So I, it was important for me to to focus on my fitness while maintaining the shape that God blessed me with. Um, and, and when I hit that stage, it was so funny because so many people were sending me messages afterwards and like, you killed it, girl. And I was like, now, if only y'all Indeed. saw me back- Y'all should have saw me backstage trying to hold myself together like, whoo, I cannot believe I am all out here like this. But (laughs) I just felt so powerful. Like it felt so powerful to feel comfortable in myself. And when you when you think about it, like I've watched pageants all my life. So I know that there is a specific body type that they're looking for. And even with my fitness journey, I still don't have that body type. But I love the type of body that I have. And I love the shape of my body. And I think it's just important that I continue to um, help myself, you know, feed myself the right foods and still make this part of my lifestyle and not just this is something I did for the pageant. You talked before about mental health and that being tied to your physical and mm-hmm. with it being Mental Health Awareness Month, just how how is that part of your journey or how was it even as you were prepping mm-hmm. to make sure that you were feeding your mind just as much as you were training your body? 
So I actually had a coach and she is well-versed in pageants. She um, actually just competed in Miss USA. But what I didn't know coming into coaching with her, I was thinking, you know, she's just going to coach me for the pageant. But really, she coached me to be a better woman and to be the woman that I want to be. She's very faith center, which was important for me because I definitely believe in God and and have worked on building my relationship with God. And so she really helped me to focus on that mental health part. And the biggest thing when it comes to competing in pageants is knowing that even though it's a competition, you're really in competition with yourself. So you want to make sure that folk, that you're mm-hmm. focusing on who you are as a woman and who you want to be. And she really helped me think about, you know, what is my why in life, not just in this pageant, but in life. And then how do I focus on, how do I, how do I change and focus my mental health? So that way I'm able to kind of acknowledge my anxiety because I have dealt with anxiety and and anybody that knows me, a situation like being in a pageant puts me at my highest anxiety, obviously. But when I say that on the day of the pageant, I was at so much peace, I was at so much peace. I I was not anxious at all. And I truly believe it's because I prepared um, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally as well. And even the night before, my coach called me, ran a few interview drills with me, and then prayed with me. And I felt like that really put me in the space that I needed to be in to to compete and be my absolute best. I love that. And first of all, shout out to your coach. Shout out to you recognizing you needed a coach. Because I always have been like, all right, I got to buy me some dresses, child, and strut. <laughs> So shout out to you for knowing protocol. But I think when we set out to do something, it what I heard is that it is just super important to think beyond the thing at hand. So the thing at hand is I'm in a pageant and I want to win. You know what I mean? But it sounds like what your coach provided was the knowledge about the pageantry world, but also she's older, wiser, has a foundation in faith, and she instilled those things in mm-hmm. you. And Taking a step back on, I'm, I'm comparing us as the cool kids to you, Jasmine, in the story. But if you think about your coach in the story, all of us can be coaches, right? All of us have something that we could give somebody or there's a task at hand at work or with our passion projects or, or whatever we're doing that have a role or a title or an expectation that we feel. But when you go above and beyond and when you bring all the facets of yourself to it, People truly benefit from it beyond what you think, what they thought they were going to get from you. And I think mm-hmm. that is how you really know you're walking in purpose. That's how people really, they just feel the light oozing out of you and they want to be around you all the time. And you can change somebody's life if you think about it. You know what I mean? Like for you to experience anxiety in the way that you have and you're doing a pageant on a national stage and you don't feel it. One, as God, like shout out to God for that. Two, <laughs> It's her. It's like, well, yeah. What if she didn't bring her full self? What if she was like, oh, well, I could pray, but I'm not going to because she ain't really, she ain't paying me for that. Or you know what I mean? Like when you really start to second guess all the Mm. gifts that you have and you're like, well, she only knows about this gift. So I'm only going to bring that one. Again, stripping your power. It literally does not ignite people to have the power that they could have being on a pageant on stage in a swimsuit that they're usually not in, you know? So I just think 
on both sides of the story, however you identify, if you can identify to the coach, if you can identify to Jasmine, both people have to be willing to show up. Like Jasmine had to come with her vulnerabilities, with her blind spots, with areas of improvement that she needed. And then her coach has to be willing to show up fully as herself and assist, you know, and not be fearful of Jasmine not taking her as she is as a coach. And maybe she should have found a better coach or whatever, you know. So I just love that both of you guys worked as you needed to in the relationship to make it what it was. And then you benefited so much from it. Well, the pageant happened and there was a few, there are a few outcomes and learnings. I think when you do anything that you had a goal to do. And Mm -hmm. so talk to us about it. We talked about the prep for the pageant with the fitness journey, mental, emotional, physical health. You got a coach pageant days here. We're not anxious. Now what? Yes. So the pageant, I did not have the outcome that I hoped for, going to be very honest. I, of course, you want to win. My goal was to at least place in the top 16. And when it came down to it, I did not place in the top 16. And you immediately immediately think about that as defeat, right? Mm -hmm. You think about, I've put so much time, I've put so much money into this one day and I didn't even place where I wanted to place. But I think it's so funny because God really does things a little differently because I remember praying leading up to the pageant and and telling God, you know, I just pray that the judges, the staff, the other women see God through me. Like I cannot tell you how many times I prayed that throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And what I thought that would look like was was me placing in the top 16. But what it turned out to look like is me being awarded the spirit award. And I just felt like I had to, I had to laugh, right? Because, you know, you have a, you have one plan and guy has another and you're like, okay, I see what you did there. I mean, you did do what I told you to (laughs) because receiving the spirit award tells me that they saw me as me and that I was still able to leave an impact on the staff, on the judges, on the other women, on everybody that I crossed paths with and enough to still be acknowledged. And I was kind of laughing because I was meeting with um, one of, I was meeting with my manager this week and I had said, yeah, you know, I didn't place in the pageant, but I did get the spirit award. And he was like, well, Jasmine, to me, that sounds like placing. So I don't really understand what you mean by you didn't place. And you know, it's the perspective. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Let me change my perspective. I did place, honestly. I think it is just so funny how we can have one plan for ourselves, and and God can give us something even bigger and something better. And because of that, people were able to see who I truly am. And, and that's something that's really important is that you bring your whole self into these situations and you don't really worry about what do they want to see or what are they looking for and just focus on who I am and showing that to everybody that I cross paths with. Love it, here for it. It's the spirit for me. You know I love your spirit. So (laughs) always a queen to me. And it was dope to see you on stage, like owning your body. Like I've been, again, I was in the gated community, child. I've seen the fitness journey. I've seen the come up. I know the days when you wanted to eat something, you did it. When you didn't want to go to the gym and you did. And so I think 
also just recognizing the fruit of our labor like you being able to get on stage and be confident that's already a win like there are some people who didn't have that posture perhaps when they were on stage or people who aren't confident when they do anything you know and so I think that is just a testament I want you to sit in that and be like wait like I really did that so you did that and then as we think about pageants those of us who are not well versed in the pageant world I think of a certain body type. I think of white. I think of, um, I mean, the word competition kind of the next word I think of is like snarkiness or just not as much camaraderie. And so how was it navigating pageant day? You have to change a couple of times. There are obviously other women that you're looking at that you're trying to think, okay, what do the judges think about them versus what I think of myself? And then the outcome at the end and you having to have your integrity and your positive thinking about yourself, even though you didn't have the outcome you wanted. So was that easy to do? Was it difficult? And like, walk us through that a little bit. So the pageant happened all within a day. I woke up, I started my day at 4 a.m. and did not end my day until 3 a.m. the next day. And because of that, we had, we had a lot going on already. We had so many things to do. We had rehearsals. We had interviews. We had preliminary competition. We had rehearsals again. We had to eat really quickly. We had to get ready. We had to go to a final show. And so with all of that happening, I think the thing that we were all focused on is really using this as an opportunity to build relationships because we have literally 24 hours with each other. And, and that was really it. And so I think it's so funny because whenever people ask me about being in pageants, they're like, oh, what's it like backstage? Are the girls mean? And um, is it catty? And it's it's honestly not like that at all because we know it's a competition. But at the end of the day, we're sitting amongst some women that have amazing platforms that do amazing things and that are just great women in their community. And I am very passionate about women empowerment and I feed off of girl bosses. Like being around other women that are doing great things just feeds my soul. And because of that, I made some great relationships. The girl that was in line behind me was actually a lawyer and I'm getting ready to go to law school. Another girl that I met is originally from South Bend, Indiana, which is where I will be moving to in a few weeks. And so you think it's just so funny how you can be in places with with other women and and that help you to grow in other spaces and, and not even just in the pageant. And so Yes, we spent a lot of time together and we were in a dressing room and moving really quickly with getting changed. But something that I just think was so amazing is that every time somebody needed help, another woman was there to help them. Like, for example, my curls started falling in the middle of the day, y'all. I don't even know what I could have done. I put so much hairspray in them and the curls were still falling. Another girl across from me happened to have some extra flexi rods. So she helped me out. We put them in the flexi rods while we had a little dinner break and they were ready to go for the second show. Another girl, her zipper broke in the middle of us getting changed. 
this girl behind or next to her was sewing up her zipper to fix it. First of all, I don't even have that outlet. <laughs> but it's just amazing how we came together to make sure that everybody was ready to go on the stage. Because at the end of the day, you don't want anybody to to not look their absolute best because that's not what we're here for. We're not here to tear each other down. We're here to build each other up. You better say that. Spoken like a true queen. <laughs> Mission Law School, going to school in a few months. And I personally, y'all, grad school, your girl just will not, I did not see that in my future. Unless God personally submits my applications, honey, I will just likely not be attending. So anytime <laughs> I hear people going to any type of school beyond the basic four years of college, getting your bachelor's degree, I'm like, ooh, child. Like, I just can't relate. So one, shout out to you for making that decision and going. But how easy was that decision? Even with deciding to go to law school, your mom is a lawyer. And so just the pressure of that, or if there was pressure, just walk us through your decision to go to law school and then the application process. I know it's a lot when you submit, you take the LSAT, then you're submitting, and then there's the waiting game. And the waiting game is where you really have to have your prayer and your faith game on point or you ain't gonna make it so walk us through that piece of your life let me tell you so law school is three years right but they don't tell you that law school is really five years because it's a whole year that you're taking the LSAT you're applying you're waiting to hear you're making a decision and then it's the three years in law school and then it's the year after that you're studying for the bar exam. Nobody, I did not really know that. And so first off, the application process is so expensive. And when you think about, okay, law school is already expensive. Now I didn't know I got to pay all these fees just to apply. So it was a stressful year, honestly. I took the LSAT twice in the first time. I took it twice because the first time, one, it was in the middle of the pandemic. They were switching from doing these tests in person to now doing them virtually. So that's a whole other factor. And there was just a lot going on at the time. I took it in the summer of 2020, a few weeks after um, the George Floyd situation. And there was just a lot happening in the world. Um, and I'm going to be honest, I didn't study as much as I needed to, okay? <laughs> so when it when it came to me taking that first test, I got that score back and was I just felt defeated because I knew that I could have done better, but it was just so hard. I tried to self-study and it was so, so hard considering I was also working a full-time job. And so I just had to sit down and I was like, hey, you know what? I can only take this job or I can only take this test one more time. So I need to really make sure I invest my time in doing the absolute best. I enrolled in a course that was quite pricey, but honestly, it was worth it because when I took that test again, my score increased 10 points. Now, I did have a, a target score that I wanted, and the second score that I got was was still below that target, I will say. But I said, you know what? These schools are either going to take me or they're going to leave me. They are going to get this score. They are going to get my application materials. <laughs> and, and that's it. I'm not 
putting any more time into taking this test because it is already so much of a mental toll. And so I felt comfortable enough in the value that I was going to bring in my application that I decided, hey, this is it for the test and we're just going to focus on the other materials. And so then I immediately had to prepare my personal statement, my my diversity statement. Um, I had a nice, I'm grateful to have had mentors that are lawyers, that are law students, that are judges that were able to review my material before I submitted. I have quite a lengthy list of schools because for me um, in undergrad, I was scared to apply to some of my dream schools. So I didn't. I sent one application, which was to Mizzou. I was happy with that. And when I got accepted, I chose to go to Mizzou. So I absolutely believe that I was meant to to be at Mizzou for undergrad, um, but definitely wanted to make sure I gave myself more opportunities. So um, submitted a, a quite, quite a few applications. But the waiting game, let me tell y'all, the waiting game is a whole other thing. I submitted my applications mid-December and just got my final response like a few weeks ago. (laughs) So Mm. it was, it was a lot just to have to, you know, wait. And then you're second guessing yourself. Maybe I should have said this in my application. Maybe I should have added that. Um, But then at the end of the day, you know, I prayed a lot throughout this process and I just felt, felt comfort in, in bringing who I was into the application process. I had a lot of people help me prepare and get my materials together And it's just, the process is a lot. It it makes you second guess who you are and your value. And that's something that I'm prepared to also experience in law school, just kind of that imposter syndrome. But I'm working now on making sure that I'm in the best mental space as I go into this new journey, because um, law school can be a lot, but I think it's important to still remember who you are and to know that you are here for a reason, you were accepted for a reason, and and nobody else is better than you because of that. Come on, you gotta say that. <laughs> I feel there are a lot of things, like I'm not going to law school, but there are a lot of things that you can have those who am I moments, mm-hmm. why am I doing this moment? Am I chosen for this moment or did I make that up? Did I hear you right, God, or are you playing me right now? Like there are a lot of those question mark moments, like what is actually happening? And you have to just press in. That's the only thing that I have found that actually works. It's like, okay, if I back up from what's happening, it's fight or flight, right? So if you back up, then you really get into that, dang, now I'm not doing what I want to do twice. Like you're mentioning, you didn't apply to the schools before. So if you back up and don't do it now because you didn't get the Mm -hmm. score that you wanted, then it's like, dang, I'm feeling that feeling all over again. And it's actually worse because I had the power to, to change it. Right. And then you compare, you'll start to see other people posting their announcements and all these things, right? You're playing the fantasy in your head of who you could be. And you knew that you didn't do all that you could to get there. And so when you have those question mark moments, or when I have them, I'm finding, I don't always do it, because we work in progress, okay? But when, <laughs> when I feel it, I try to press in. That's that's really the only answer most of the time. When you start it off on something, if I get nervous about recording this show, I am at the point now where I'm not going to not record it. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, maybe I need to change the topic. Maybe I need to read more on this. Or 
maybe I'm not ready to share this piece yet. So let's hold back on that episode title. But either way, you need an episode, boo. Like, you know, like that, that's kind of the posture that I have to have at this point because that's the growth, the going forward, the moving through, the bringing it to God. Like you're talking about praying throughout the process, like being able to be like, look, bruh, I feel like you playing me right now. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like even that pulling him into wherever you are is mm-hmm. how you're going to make it. That's the, that's the only right. way I see it. Other than that, those thoughts can really take over. They can, they really can. Like, I dealt with imposter syndrome a lot just growing up and I always second guess myself and do, do I really, should I really be here? Do I really have value? Am I adding to this space? What does it even mean to belong here? And I had to get to a point where I understood the value that I was bringing and that my perspective is unique from other people's and I am doing a disservice by not sharing my thoughts my my mindset with other people and just sitting here in silence. And it's really hard to get to that point. But when you get there, you realize, okay, I don't care what anybody says. I am here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, I don't know, it's this, it's this confidence. There's this song mm-hmm. um, by Maverick City mm-hmm. Music. And it's like, we have this confidence. It's like, when you have a confidence, Right, like rooted, rooted, it can't be taken. And then you can do, you feel like you can do anything. Yeah. And so yeah. I think, but that comes with the pressing in and, and pushing through those moments of the fear, of the anxiety. And sometimes you do have to pull people along the way, which goes back to kind of your fitness Instagram and being like, all right, who are people that I can trust with what's mm-hmm. happening right now? Come on, yeah. y'all, let's go. <laughs> so exactly. it is really... Yeah, it's important to to be anchored in your faith in those times to remember that God qualifies you and calls you, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. But know that we're human and we need community to survive. So pulling in people that you trust and who can also be rooted in their faith and like be there with you is pivotal. Cannot stress it mm-hmm. enough. Can't stress it enough. Um, well, sis you also it's like so many things that you're doing i can't even like keep up and i talk to you so you also recently launched a personal website kicking off your public speaking branding your public speaking just career i guess Mm -hmm. and i think that you already spoke a little bit about your stance and wanting to inspire others but i think it's one thing right to want to be Miss Missouri and do that or want to be a lawyer and empower your clients maybe, right? But there's a, it's another thing to set up a separate venture and to mm-hmm. literally name it. Like Jasmine Speaks, this is what I'm trying to do. These are ways that I can help you and what I'll bring to the table if you choose me to speak at your engagement or your office or what have you. So how did you get to that decision? Because that's a little bit of a different route than law school. Yes, it is. And so I've been doing public speaking for a few years now. I kind of I started in 2012 and that was because I was heavily involved in Girl Scouts and still am and um at the time I was in high school and on the board of directors for the local council and which was a unique opportunity because I was still, you know, a girl member and had the opportunity to network with business women and men that were on the board and it gave me my my first kind of interest into the business world. And 
because of that, they kept asking me to come back and speak at events and speak to donors about my experience. And I just felt so empowered sharing my story and have always <laughs> been open to, to speaking with different people and different um, having different opportunities kind of I heavily focus on women and girls, but also student pers- the student perspective because I have that perspective and love to share. And so I kind of say that it's my mission to reveal the unlocked potential of the next generation while also empowering women and girls to lead. And because of that, I've already been doing it, but figured, you know, I need to solidify this brand. Like People know that I love to speak. People call me often to, to come to speaking engagements. So why not just solidify the brand? And I have been working for a while trying to, you know, get my website started, but kept putting it off, wasn't seeing the vision of what I wanted. And I finally decided, you know what? This year, we're going to get it together. So I had an amazing woman who is my soror that helped bring the vision to life for my website. Her name is Maria Bolden. Um, And she helped me, you know, bring my vision to life really right out, along with working with my pageant coach, what was my why, what was my mission, and, and what services I really provide. And so because of that, now people can actually see what do I talk about. Um, I'm able to speak about different topics that relate to women and girls and empowerment, talk about um, my experience working at LinkedIn and how can you help build your professional branding online, and along with other things, mentoring. And I love it. Honestly, it gives me a rush to be able to speak to different different. Um, different audiences. And I'm grateful that other individuals saw that I had a unique story and, and love to listen. And I think it's funny because you don't realize when you when you start speaking, you don't realize the impact that you have until people tell you. And then it, it takes sometimes for people to say like, I can really see you doing this for you to be like, oh, I guess that is something that I can do. (laughs) And that's what happened for me, honestly. And so I decided, you know, this was the year to launch it. I'm getting ready to go to law school, but I still want to make sure that I have opportunities to help um, kind of build and pour into my community and pour into young women and students. Love it. Here for it. Jasmine (laughs) Speaks, get into it. Um, (laughs) That link will be in the show notes if you want to book your girl. You know, <laughs> I like I said before, I'm just super empowered by you. I think that there are different avenues that you do, and like we both were deltas, but or we're both deltas, but <laughs> things that you have done even in DSC just go beyond, right? Like the college experience, and I don't know, just goes beyond even our school. And I think that a lot of people don't think about things in this expansive way. Like you working at LinkedIn, LinkedIn's big enough. You could speak to LinkedIn people, but you're like, I want to speak to more people. Like, you know, I just think it's a expansive thing. Girl Scout, same thing. Girl Scout for me stopped when I was like eight. So the <laughs> fact that you're still involved in that organization and empowering people is, is again, it just speaks to the expansion of what we can do. And some things that we want to do or we have the desire to do before we think it has to be reinvented or we have to find something new we don't know our thing or what's our why when Jasmine when did you start Girl Scouts 
So I started Girl Scouts when I was younger too, and I quit like most girls, but then rejoined in high school. So my story is pretty unique, but I was kind of on the same path as as most girls. You know, it's something you do as as a little child, and then mm-hmm. you find other things. But my mother actually put me back into Girl Scouts in high school because I was pretty shy, didn't really like to talk, and she was like, "You know, you need to find something." to we need to hear your voice and, and there's power in your voice. And so she mm. be back into Girl Scouts and that honestly changed the trajectory of my life. Shout out to Mama Ferg. Love you. <laughs> I love that though. And I think that's something key that your mom brought out, right? Was that there was something in your character, you being shy and quiet, that was a part of your character at the time. And we could recognize it and stay there or we could recognize it and do something about it. And so- <laughs> I think for all the cool kids listening, that same thing applies, right? And so whether it's going back to something I've I've spoken on the show about, when I have anxiety, there are moments when I have to go back to something I did as a kid. And y'all know I have a coloring book and some markers, and I don't (laughs) got no problem pulling it out if I'm having a day. Like, And it's just something that I have to do. And so it's not something new Mm -hmm. that I have to find to help me with the problem that I have today. And I think that's the same thing for our interests. There are certain things like poetry for me. Poetry isn't new and something that I pulled out because of the pandemic or I pulled out when I started the podcast. It was threaded into the new thing, which was the podcast, but it was, it's been with me. And so as you guys, there are a lot of people who are thinking about what we can do. It's mental health awareness month. So even thinking about your mental health and new tactics you need, it might not be a new tactic. Maybe it's a new cadence for an old tactic and doing something weekly versus whenever you have the urge or whenever you get really frustrated. And so thinking about those things that have been with you, and maybe as Jazz said, you did something, you left it, you need to go back to it. I think there can be real power in that because one, our memories are held in those moments. And so when you think back to old power moments that you had, it automatically ignites new ones, which is just really empowering because you don't have to start over. And a lot of us have the fear or the anxiety or the frustration of feeling like we have to start over where we are today. And that's not always the case. And so take a look back at old tactics that you have, old clubs that you used to be a part of, old people that you used to talk to that aren't toxic and go back and see if they can be helpful in the situation that you are in today. It might be something that you're literally comfortable with. And for whatever reason, life is not a part of your today, but it can be. And that's what I think is so beautiful about owning your power is that you can decide what's powerful to you. All of us do not have the same power tools in our belts, but just knowing that we can pull them out as we see fit and that it benefits others when we do that, that's the key. And so I just want to thank you for sharing that and just want to put a pin in that. I think it is just super important for all of us to remember as we continue, as things open back up. I think a lot of people have started things in the pandemic. And so there might be a fear of keeping things up. I've thought about that even with the show. I'm like, okay, I've gotten in the groove, child, of recording at home and posting stuff. And then I work from home. So it's like easier for me to balance it too. And so when I think about going to the office sometimes, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how I can make sure that what I got going on with what I got going on is still going on. So um, I'm having to do the same thing of thinking about old tactics and things that I was doing before because I started the podcast pre-pandemic, right? So it's like, well, you're already doing it. You just have to do it again. And so it's we're not always starting from scratch. So yeah, that's my little 
closing remark. But as y'all know, we also always, always, always have a power tool on the show. One thing you can do right after listening to this episode that can empower you to stand authentically in all that you are and change the world. So Jazz, if there's one final thought that you have for all the cool kids listening, what would you leave us with? Yes, I'm going to leave you all with a quote by an amazing woman, Maya Angelou, that has always just empowered me to be who I am and to just feel confident and beautiful. And so she says, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor and some style. And that has always resonated with me for so long because you don't want to just go through life just trying to survive. You want to do your absolute best in everything that you do. You want to bring your best foot forward. And so you want to thrive in doing that. And when you're doing that, you want to be passionate about what it is you're doing. You know, we talk about the difference between the career and a job. And for me, that's passion, really loving what you're doing and having that passion behind it. And you want to have some compassion. Relationship building is so important. And so you really want to learn to be compassionate with others and hopefully to still get that same compassion. And for me, I always want to do whatever I'm doing with some style. Like I am serious about my style, whether that's what I'm wearing, however (laughs) you see me, my confidence, I'm going to have some style behind everything that I do. And so I hope that quote inspires other women and, and, and other men to just be who you are and, and to keep that in mind, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going after, that that you do it to to not just survive, but to thrive. You better say that, Miss Ferguson. <laughs> Inspire the kids. Sis, I love you. I know where to find you. I talk to you all the time. But for all the cool kids who have just got introduced to you and all of your greatness, how can we keep up with you, Jasmine Speaks, your law school journey, fitness journey, if you're letting us in, all the all the good things? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Jazz Imani Ferguson. It'll be in the show notes because it's long, as well as my website, which is www.jasmineferguson.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn. Love it. Well, thank you so much for popping into the show. As she said, all of her links will be in the show notes. Be sure to give her a follow. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. I wanted to just make sure that I've said it a couple of times, but guys, make sure that y'all, if you have a job, that you're taking time off from your job. If you don't have a job, take this time to not stress about not having a job. Like There are so many things that are happening in our personal world and as a collective that we're experiencing together and it can really affect us in ways that we don't even experience. I was doing a workout the other day and they were working out our our hip, a certain part of our hip that I don't usually even pay attention to. (laughs) And they're like, we hold stress right here. And we were doing this thing and we was like, we're going to hold it like five more seconds. And when we, I like leaned into it a bit more in that last five seconds and I, I felt it, I was like, yeah, this is low key tense. Like that's so crazy because these are my hips. Like I'm walking around. I didn't even know that I was holding things there. And so um, physically, mentally, just that, just take the time to take stock on how you're feeling, where you're carrying things in your stress, how you're acting, how you're responding to things at this time. I think that for me, they're different than how I did before. And I'm having to have compassion with myself for that because we are going through different 
things during this time. And so I just want you guys to be kind to yourself. Be extra kind to others right now because we really don't know what everybody's going through behind the screen. And so press in. I'm going to put a link in the show notes of just a general kind of resource for you guys. But as always, dive into your community and get what you need, but do not be timid, afraid, shy of of vocalizing what you need during this time. If any time this month is a month to take stock of all the things and then to vocalize it. And so finding your power in your mental health this month is the challenge for you guys. As we close out this episode, I just want to leave you all with that. But as always, I love you guys. Be sure that you follow the show on Instagram at Power and Pros Podcast. If you aren't signed up for the newsletter, be sure that you do so. The link is in the show notes. And in the newsletter, it's bi-weekly. And I just pretty much share scriptures every other week. If there's a guest, then we get a little bit of a tidbit on them, writing prompts, and a personal note from me every month on what I'm doing, thinking, and provocations for you. So be sure that you sign up for that. And we'll stay tuned for the next episode. Love you guys so much. Bye.